Hi, welcome to the Holton Baptist Church podcast. We are really glad that you have joined us and we pray that the message you're about to hear will really bless you, encourage you and help you to encounter God afresh for yourself. Great to have you with us. Enjoy. It's Palm Sunday and we're going to join with the crowds in Jerusalem. So let's hear our text for this morning. We're reading from Matthew 21, verses 1 to 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Picture yourself that day. In Jerusalem, the sun beating down, the warmth of the day spreading out across the city. In the distance, you can hear the crowds chanting and crying and calling out, shouting out their praises, shouting out their adoration. You and your family and your friends have gathered, crushed in amongst the masses who are standing by the road eagerly awaiting the arrival of the one who is coming, the ruler, the one who is going to save you, the one who is going to save everyone, the mighty one. And there you stand pressed in as you hear the sounds of hoofbeats approaching and the sounds of trumpets and of a vast military force accompanying them. The sounds of shouts, hail to the emperor, hail Caesar. And as the splendor and might of the Roman army moves into Jerusalem, you join with the crowds shouting adoration. You see, there were two parades taking place that Sunday. Jesus' triumphal entry was not the only parade that was taking place. Across the other side of Jerusalem, the Roman Emperor Pontius Pilate, a name we're going to become intimately familiar with over this week, was also riding into town. Much like Jesus, he was coming into Jerusalem for Passover. Passover was being celebrated at this time, and Jerusalem had swelled in size. Unlike Jesus, though he was coming in for Passover for very different reasons, Pontius Pilate rode into town to display Roman might. A couple of historians have described it like this. 
that it was a visual panoply of imperial power, cavalry on horses, foot soldiers, leather, armor, helmets, weapons, banners, golden eagles mounted on poles, sun glinting on metal and gold. Sounds, the marching of feet, the creaking of leather, the clinking of bridles, the beating of drums, the swirling of dust, the eyes of the silent onlookers, some curious, some awed, some resentful. Pilate rode into Jerusalem before Passover, to leave the gathered crowds in no doubt. Rome was mighty. Rome was big and powerful and Rome was in charge. This is how a ruler entered the lands that they were in charge of, full of pomp and pretension. Ostentation meets ornate, opulence and extravagance and a bombastic display of overblown showiness. Noise and fury designed to overwhelm the senses and put the conquered masses back in their place. The timing was no mistake. The Jews were preparing for Passover. Passover, the remembrance, the celebration of how God had delivered their ancestors from oppression in Egypt. It's no wonder the Romans wanted to make their presence felt at this time of year in particular. As Jerusalem's Jewish population grew to many times its normal size, here comes Pontius Pilate riding his mighty stallion, making sure the plebs know their place, reminding them that the penalty for trouble, for dissension, for opposing the Roman Empire was going to be a swift, disproportionate death. Across the other side of Jerusalem, another parade is taking place. Far from the flash and noise of Pilate's arrival, another king has come riding into town. This one instead sits atop a borrowed donkey, accompanied not by imperial soldiers in their finery, but by a ragtag bunch of fishermen, tax collectors and farmers. And they were followed in turn by those who had experienced the power of this king, not through military might or reliant on a sword, but divine rites that had brought healing to the sick, sight to the blind. Among that crowd were men and women who had been cast off by society and yet clasped to the bosom of the king on the back of the donkey. Among their number were those who were thought unclean, unfit, unimportant, the least, the last, and the lost. And this humble crowd cries out, Hosanna, save us! Hosanna, save us. Here then are two kings riding into Jerusalem, one leading a procession of the meek, vulnerable and humble, and the other at the head of a mighty imperium. One an earthly ruler whose time would soon pass into history, and the other the son of God whose story we're still living out today a ruler of earthly power and understanding and a ruler of divine appointment and eternal knowledge. And so it somewhat invites the question, doesn't it? Which king do we follow? Who is our king? Who rules in our lives? Which parade are we going to take part in? Today, as we celebrate Palm Sunday, we're invited to make our choice. We're invited to join one of these two parades. 
We could ally ourselves with the big noise, the ruler of the mighty empire, and certainly that would actually come with a lot of benefits to us. It would be the most prudent choice, the easiest choice. After all, this is the power that rules, the power that crushes oppression, the power to make life and death decisions over you. With its apparent display of strength, its alluring sound and light show, this parade looks like the far better one to jump on board with, doesn't it? There's glory to be had there. Oh, yes, there's glory to be had there. And okay, it may be reflected glory as we're caught up in the ascent of one political figure after another, one celebrity after another, one charismatic leader after another. But there's glory to be had, and it's easy glory. It doesn't ask much. Just nod and say yes. Play your part. Keep quiet. Don't rock the boat. Do what you are told. Stay in your place. Sign your name up to a mailing list. Put a bumper sticker on your car. Post a few poorly researched and even more poorly written articles to social media. Keep the empire happy. If you say the right words at the right time to the right people in the right way, you're set. You're made for life. And when that particular star is no longer in its ascendancy, well, there's always someone waiting in the wings, isn't there? to take over the proverbial banner, the next leader, the next politician, the next celebrity, the next company, the next organization, the next big thing. And they'll rise and they'll shine for their brief moment of adulation. And when that's over, there'll be somebody else waiting in the wings. And so the wheel turns and so the cycle continues. It's a never-ending parade. Rome did it. We do it today. And the main figure may change, will change from time to time, but that's life. And hey, we're people. We're nothing if we're not fickle and easily adaptable. Our loyalty is bought at a low price. Or, or we could join the other parade. We could take our place with the other crowd. We could join with the king of kings. We could ally ourselves to a kingdom not built upon personality, but built upon a person. Not built upon an ever-changing landscape of popular opinion and media influence, but upon the solid rock of the promises of the very creator of the universe. This is a parade of a very different nature. This is a parade of compassion and caring, of loving and living for others. This is a quiet, non-violent, revolutionary parade that invites everyone to participate regardless of their status and wealth. This is the anti-imperial, anti-triumphal parade that marches to an unending, unmistakable, unyielding beat of God's kingdom. Can you hear the drums? This is the parade of modesty and peace, of welcome and change. But make no mistake, friends, because while the first parade might not ask too much of you, this one does. This one comes with a cost. Palm Sunday is a complex day in the life of the church. I didn't have the pleasure of being at church when I was a child, 
But I'm aware that for many younger people, Palm Sunday is a day of celebration. We wave our palm branches in the air. We sing, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. And we celebrate with joy the fact that Jesus came into Jerusalem. And we marvel at the fact that he did that on the back of a donkey. And we love the fact that he's the humble king. But we have to realize that for him, this was a very different kind of entry. A very different parade. It was not for his glory. It was not for his triumph, but the prelude to the triumph of God on the cross and the glory that would be revealed through that. And it would cost Jesus everything. Jesus rode into Jerusalem that day knowing he was riding to his death. Make no mistake. He didn't go in blind. He didn't go in unknowing. He knew what was waiting for him. He rode straight into Holy Week with its confusion and its deception, with its betrayal and its denial, with its arrest and trial and execution, mere days away. Jesus rides straight into the heart of the storm that is coming without stopping, without blaming others, without looking for an escape route, without looking for someone to take the burden. This is Jesus who's riding in. And if we're going to join in with this parade, we need to know that we are going to join in with that. We are riding with Jesus into Jerusalem. In Luke's gospel, he records Jesus saying to his followers this, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very selves? We're going to join this parade, the Jesus parade. We better be prepared for what lies ahead. Because the other parade doesn't ask us to do this. It doesn't ask us to lay down our lives. It doesn't ask us to pick up our cross daily. It doesn't ask much. But if we follow Jesus, we are going to be asked much. There are going to be demands placed on our lives. We're going to have to make sacrifices, sacrifices of self, of ego, of pride, of power, of adulation, of finance, of position, of family and friends even, of time, of comfort, of personal preference. It's not about us. A litany you may be familiar with from our previous sermon series. When we join the parade of Jesus Christ, we are not joining a parade about us. And the thing is, when the joyful parade finishes, that is when the work starts. When the cheers and the cries of acclamation have faded, that's when we experience the fullness of what it means to follow Jesus. In all its brilliance and its tragedy, in all its power and its pain, in all its strength and its suffering, when we follow Jesus, we enter into the fullness of Jesus. We don't get to opt in and out. We're either in, all in with Christ, or we're not in at all. We can make a choice. Parade are we going to pick? And if we pick Jesus' parade, will we follow completely, even when it's a tough path? How many of the crowd, when the palm waving had finished, when Jesus was walking to his death, were still with him? 
how many were just in it for that moment of glory, for that moment of triumph, and then went home. How many turned their backs? Even Jesus' closest friends denied him. One betrayed him. Because when we make this decision, we're deciding something hugely important. We're deciding which king and which kingdom we want to be a part of. Which king we follow determines the kingdom we live in, not just in eternity, but right here and right now. The truth is the Roman Empire, that mighty imperium that had that pomp and that circumstance and that power and that prestige on display fell within a few centuries of Pilate riding into Jerusalem. It was gone. It was gone. Go to Rome now and you will find ruins. You will find edifices and you will find indicators of that once great empire. But the empire itself is no longer there. It's consigned to history, the scourge or delight of school students and archaeologists the world over. It's defunct and decomposed. It has passed into memory. And while more and more and more and more empires will rise throughout history in its wake and prior to it, they too will and have fallen. They too will become little more than historical data. But the kingdom of God, oh, the kingdom of God, my friends, is something completely different. The kingdom of God is a, is a beast of a whole different nature because the kingdom of God is everlasting. The kingdom of God is as alive and vibrant and powerful and impactful and real today as it has ever been. The kingdom of God is not subject to the fragility of people or to passing fad. It is established on the foundation of Christ. The kingdom of God is all around us and it doesn't, it doesn't exclude or discriminate. It's made up of all sorts of people, taxi drivers and teachers, cleaners and chefs, professors, office workers, students, farmers and pharmacists. It's made up of the young and the old and people of every nation, every creed, every colour and every tongue. Come one, come all, it cries. Join the parade. But don't do so without knowing what you're signing up to. No, there is no fee. There is no entrance exam. There's no subscription. There's just a simple call. Come and follow. Jesus says, come and follow me. He said that to his first disciples. He said that to fishermen sitting with their nets. And he says it to us today. Come and follow me. Come and follow me. Put yourself in my parade. Join up with my gang. There will be a cost, yes, but the rewards, oh, the rewards are greater than anyone could possibly imagine. Psalm 118, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation here. Psalm 118 says this, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Please, Lord, please save us. Please, Lord, please give us success. Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from this, the house of the Lord. The Lord is God shining upon us. Take the sacrifice and bind it with cords on the altar. You are my God and I will praise you. You are my God and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Can we read those last lines together from you are my God and I will praise you. Hopefully you'll be able to see this. All right. 
So community, you are my God and I will praise you. You are my God and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And his faithful love endures forever. His kingdom endures forever. His parade endures forever. Jesus and his followers and friends, that includes you and me, march on to this day, bringing the kingdom of God closer to fullness with every step that we take. And why? Because when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, knowing he was going to his death, he also knew that in his death, he was setting us free free from the bonds of sin, free from the chains that bind us, free from condemnation, free to experience God in completeness without restriction, free from fear, because in dying, Jesus conquered death and overcame the powers of evil. Because though he rode into Jerusalem, knowing he was going to his death, he also rode into Jerusalem, knowing that three days later, he would rise again that the stone would be rolled away, the tomb would be empty because Christ is alive. And he is alive today. Amen? He is alive today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ is risen and he lives today and he is coming again. And when he does, his kingdom will be established completely over the earth. And there will be no more crying and there will be no more pain and there will be no more death. And we will walk with God. Jesus Christ is risen And he lives risen today. He lives in us and through us and into this world that is created for him and by him. Hear his call. Hear his call. Come and join the parade. Now, if you are here today or if you are watching at home and you have not made that commitment, you have not picked up your flag, picked up your palm and you are not waving it, now is the time. Now is the time and here is the place to make that commitment. Follow Jesus because he is inviting you wherever you are, whoever you are, however you have found your way to him. He is inviting you and he wants you to join with him. So you have got on your chairs a little card and you can keep this, you can take this home. It's, it's designed to fit in a wallet or a purse, or you can stick it to your fridge. And this is a really simple prayer. This is a simple gospel prayer. If you are about to make a commitment for the first time, if you want to renew your commitment, if you just want to pray and thank God for all he's done, we're going to read these words together. Dear God, There is nothing I have done that could make you love me less and nothing I could do that would make you love me more. You are all I need for everlasting joy. As you have been to me, so I will be to others. As I pray, I'll do so according to the compassion you've shown at the cross and the power you demonstrated through the resurrection. Amen. Jesus Christ is alive, he is risen, and he lives in us today. Will we answer the call and join his parade? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we we want to be all in for you. We want to join you. We want to be a part of that crowd that is following you. But Lord, we want to do so with commitment and with fullness. We want to do so knowing that we join our voices to 
to those voices that have echoed out through eternity from that day to today. Lord, we know that sometimes the going will be tough. We know there will be obstacles in the way. We know that it invites opposition. But we want to make that commitment to you. We want to follow you. We want to be with you. Lord, on this Palm Sunday, we give ourselves to you saying, Hosanna, save us. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. May we, each of us, join the parade, willingly, completely, without reservation, throwing our lot in with Jesus. And may we, through this, know all the joy, the peace, the love, the freedom that he has offered to us. Thanks for joining us on the Holton Baptist Church podcast. We'd love to keep in touch with you, so do reach out to us. You'll be able to find us at our website. That's www.holtonbaptists.org.uk. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram if you search for at Holton Baptists. And we hope that you will join us again next time as we share the word of God and the love of Jesus Christ with you. God bless. God bless.